we're continuing in our, our sermon series called The Good Life. It's uh, walking through the book of Proverbs. Next week will be our final one before we kind of officially get into the Christmas, you know, mode. Uh, we're we're going to be we're going to be looking at scripture in, in kind of an Advent mode to prepare us for our hearts for the longing of Jesus. And so, but we're continuing through Proverbs this morning. And what we're going to do is we're going to look at uh, the a friendship and the relational quotient. I don't know if you've noticed this, but how how practical is Proverbs? I mean, it almost it, it really it speaks into every single area of our life. And um, it doesn't really let us hide or compartmentalize things in our lives and say, okay, this area is off limits. What it does is it looks at every area, and even the like areas that we don't feel comfortable sharing with, right? Like, like finances or relationships. God is not silent on those things. And I'm so grateful that he's not because he, he turns our hearts toward him. And I'm going to be talking about friendship this morning, relation, relationships, and here's my challenge to you, is not to, not to check out in the sense of, you know, I know that in this room there's people who have been hurt, um, there's people who relationally things are, sometimes it's hard to engage, um, and don't allow your past hurts to put a filter over what God wants to do in your life this morning. Um, so just say, God, will you please speak to me where I need to be spoken to? Can we do that together? I, and I'm saying that of myself. So let's, let's, let's just pray and ask God that he would work on our hearts this morning. Let's do that. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you that it's not just an ancient book full of ancient writings. We thank you that it's alive as your word says of itself, it's active. We thank you that it cuts through the things that need to be cut through. That there is no heart that can resist your word. We thank you that it's powerful. And, and God, I pray that this morning by the power of the Holy Spirit that you would work in our hearts. We just surrender to you, God, this morning. And we just say, Lord, if there's any area in our hearts that aren't surrendered to you, Will you come and just cut those things and, and gently, like a surgeon with, with uh, specificity, cut out the areas that need to be cut out so that the right things can grow this morning. And so we just say we surrender to you, God, and your will, and we thank you for your word that it transforms us to make us more like your son, Jesus. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, there is a stat I just heard that one out of every four Americans doesn't have a close relationship. One out of every four. Now, I would probably say that's probably a generous stat because that's probably a poll. And if you were to ask somebody, hey, do you have a close relationship in your life? Some, most people go, oh, yeah, yeah, I got close relationships. But those who were, who were really honest, one out of four of those said, I don't have any close relationships. That's tragic. And you'll see, I mean, you know, we're heading into the holiday season where, the what's that song? From Atlantic to Pacific, G. 
Yeah, it is terrific, which is sarcastic, right? But you, we're going to be getting on the freeways, and we're going to see nothing but red lights everywhere, and, there, and we're going to go to the mall, and there's going to be like just trillions of people everywhere, and you can't find a parking place, and it's going to drive you crazy, and we're going to avoid those kind of things. But the thing is, the ironic nature of that is the fact that there's people everywhere jam-packed in all these locations, but everyone's feeling this loneliness. And if one out of every four Americans says they doesn't have a close friend, man, what's going on? What's going on with the world? Mother Teresa said, she said, loneliness is the greatest disease that the West faces today. And this is a woman who was familiar with disease. She says, loneliness is the greatest disease. And I would, I would venture to say that that is true because we don't really understand what true friendship is. We don't, um, we don't value it because we kind of want to be autonomous to ourselves or we're, we've been burned or we're afraid of it. We're afraid of putting ourselves out there because what if what happened before happens again? I, I have, uh, can I just brag for a second? Is that all right? Yeah. I have over 1,300 friends. <laughs> <laughs> on Facebook, yeah. For those of you who are not on Facebook, teach me your ways, please. <laughs> I wish I didn't have Facebook. But you know, when I was younger, I think I've changed over the years. I used to be very extroverted. Whenever I would have a party, it would always be like, okay, I want to invite every, I mean, our wedding, over 540 people at our wedding. 450, something like that. Okay, I tend to exaggerate. I'm a little bit of an exaggerator. <laughs> but needless to say, we had over 400 people at our wedding. And that was really my push because in that stage of my life, I just thought, the more people that I can call friend, the more people that I interact with, the more I feel the sense of worth. The more that I feel like, I, 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 you know, people like me, you know? And sometimes we look at our Facebook account and we check in and go, how many friends do I have, you know? Or how many followers do I have on Instagram? Or how many likes did I get, you know, on this certain post? And we find this value in something that is so darn shallow. The world treats friends the same way Facebook does. And we accumulate, we accumulate friends and we look at this number that we have on our account and go, man, I must be really like special, yeah. But that's not friendship. It's really, it's self-centeredship, if that's a word. The thing about Facebook friends is, you know, I don't know if you've discovered this, but I thank God for this option, is that if, if somebody says something that you don't agree with, or that is always posting about Trump, or you know, like about how, you know, just whatever it is, you know how it is, you, you, there's this little option under their name, and you could just go, boop, unfollow. Did you know that? And you don't even have to let them know you're not like seeing their posts anymore. <laughs> I love that option, because the selfish part of me says, I don't have to like confront them, and I don't have to like let them know that they're annoying me. I just have to unfollow them and they have no clue. But you can even block them. And, so, you know, and we, we kind of adopt this 
this way of friendship, the way that Facebook views friends into our real lives. And so if somebody kind of like does something I don't really like, well, you know what? I guess I'm just going to technically kind of unfollow them. In the real world is what I'm talking about. I'm going to just like put up with them. I'll smile at their face. I'll just listen, but I'm not really going to invest because that's not a friendship I want. And we view friendship as me-centric. Well, friendship is if this person and I have an affinity towards something, that's friendship. If we both like knitting, or we both like mountain biking, or we both love fishing, or whatever it is, then we must be real friends. Or this person enjoys me, and I enjoy them. And so, man, we must be like really close friends. Or, or we just, you know, we don't annoy each other, so we must be friends. If that's your lowest common denominator, it's not a good thing. But the Bible makes it clear about what real friendship is. It doesn't give us this option, this Facebook kind of friend option. It talks about what friendship is is much, much deeper. Uh, if you have your Bibles, turn to Proverbs chapter 18. In Proverbs chapter 18, verse 24, it says, A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. A man of many companions may come to ruin, but there is a friend who sticks closer than a brother. You see, Proverbs doesn't give us this option of kind of having friend, Facebook friendships as what real friendships are. Just like I used to go, oh my gosh, I'm looking at my friendship number on Facebook and I have over 1,300 friends. And I go, oh wow. The Bible says those aren't friends. Those are just acquaintances. They're companions. I, if I were to honestly whittle down my Facebook friends to like who are the real, I probably may have like 10, maybe. And so it makes this clear contrast between what we kind of view as friendship and what the, what the world views as friendship. So if this is true, if there's, a, if there's like a, a, a companion versus friends, if there's a, like the way that w the Bible clearly speaks about what friendship is and the way the world understands what friendship is, how do we kind of avoid the foolishness side, right? Because that's what we're talking about in Proverbs. We're talking about being wise and understanding what wisdom is and even in friendship. And, and sometimes we default towards the folly, towards the foolishness side of friendship. How do we navigate what wise friendship is? And let me say this this morning. This isn't just so you can go, okay, this is so I can choose and pick who my friends are, right? Oh, well, they're being a good friend to me, so I'll let them be a friend. This is also for you to be a good friend. This isn't like elbow some, your wife or your husband or your, somebody who's sitting next to you. Did you hear that? This is for you to get elbowed, okay? You guys all right with that? You guys understand what I'm saying? All right. So I'm going to give us a couple points this morning on how do we understand what the Bible gives us as true friendship. Number one, a true friend, a real friend, is present. Proverbs 18, 24. Now here, you want to know who your real friends are right away? Move. <laughs> who shows up to help you move your mattresses and the stuff from, the heavy stuff that has to go down the stairs? Um, there was a couple in the church that 
moved from Fullerton out here and they didn't have anywhere to kind of be in the interim and they didn't have anywhere to put their stuff. And so another couple in the church, what did they do? They offered their place. They packed up, they filled their garage. They didn't have anywhere to put their cars. And so they said, no problem, absolutely. Come bring your things here so you don't have to pay for extra storage. That's good friendship. Not only did they offer their home, but they helped them move. And this couple had to help, like, move like three times, their trucks, like three times. And then not only did they help them store their stuff, when it was time for them to get in their house, they helped them again. See, a companion, a Facebook friend, kind of, you, you ever see those people throw out the post? Hey, I'm moving Saturday. Anybody want to kind of help? <laughs> see, that's when the Facebook unfollow comes real handy. <laughs> But you see those things and you go, you go, oh, yeah, I'm not going to do that. Why? Because you're just a, an acquaintance. You're a companion. But a real friend is present. And the Bible says in 1824 in Proverbs, it says, sticks closer than a brother. Man, that is commitment. That's hardcore. You mean the Bible is saying that a friend is closer than a brother? Isn't, isn't family the ultimate relationship? Isn't that the ultimate trump card? It talks about friendship being closer than a brother. Just let that sink in for a second. We can all think about friends who we have that don't act like that, but ask yourself that. Am I a friend who sticks closer than a family member? You know, I didn't grow up, I, I, I'm an only child. I grew up in a house just kind of by myself. And why is that funny? That's sad. Um, and I remember when I started making true friends. And this idea that blood runs thicker than water, remember that? You've ever heard that? It was lost on me. Because I, I found new friends who said, that's not, not true. And these, these, God put these people in my life who, who said, even though we're not blood related, I'm going to be closer to you than what a blood relationship would be. That's, so, that's biblical friendship. That is, we don't just say, well, because I have to. Or, or you know, all these kind of like have tos. It's this relationship that goes beyond that. So a true friend is present. What else does the Bible help us understand? Look at Proverbs 17, 17. It says, a friend loves at all times. Everyone say that word all. You know what all means? All. A friend loves at all times and a brother is born for adversity. Now, if you have a brother, some of you guys are going, amen. Yeah. That's not what that's talking about. It's not talking about you have siblings so that you can fight. What, what Scripture is doing here in Proverbs 17, 17, is it's not drawing any distinction, distinction between friends and family. It's putting the two together, and it's saying they're the same thing. A friend loves at all times, and a brother is born for adversity. So, you know, like if you were a kid and um, you, a bully was like, see you, I'll see you on the playground at three o'clock, right? 
And then you're, if you had an older brother or sibling, they're like, they, hopefully they show up and they're like, they got your back. Because that's what brothers or sisters do. But a friend does the same thing. The Bible says it right here. The reason why it puts those right next to each other is it's because it's drawing no distinction. It's saying a true friend is just like blood. And, and my, my argument this morning is not only are friends present, but a true friend persists. A true friend persists. And that, this word above, uh, or all times, think about that word. Let that sink in for you for a second when you think about what friendship is. The word all, we all just said it means all. But it means all. That's a tough or jagged pill to swallow. I don't know about you, but I know I've been guilty of not being a friend at all times. I often kind of lean toward the companion side or the acquaintance side because it doesn't fit into my agenda. If so-and-so is going to get beat up at the flagpole at 3 o'clock, that's their own stupid fault, right? Why do I have to put myself out there for them? You're the one that mouthed off. You're the one that didn't give me your lunch money. That's your own fault, you know? <laughs> but a friend loves at all times, persists. And that's not just when that person doesn't fit into your agenda. That's when that person maybe offends you or crosses a line that you feel comfortable with. See, the world today says, cut those people out of your life. The world today says, you know, just only have the people that make you a better person, right? But true friendship, what the Bible says, is a true friend is a friend at all times. That's hard. Are you a true friend at all times? Number three, not only is a true friend present, not only does a true friend persist, but here's a hard one. A true friend pierces. You like these peas? Proverbs 27, verse 5 and 6. It says, better is open rebuke than hidden love. Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Profuse are the kisses of an enemy. What does that mean? Faithful are the wounds of a friend. Uh, Oscar Wilde said, a true friend, I think is what he, yeah, true friends stab you in the front. Ugh. What does that mean? Does that mean like friendship is supposed to be sadomasochistic? You know, we're supposed to walk around and just, just hurt me. What, what is the Bible talking about when it says the wounds of a friend are faithful? Well, that means, here it is, but speaking truth and love to each other. So this is one where I think most of us get tripped up. Because if we have this selfish view of what friendship is, if we view friendship as kind of someone who only makes me feel good, where we only ever always enjoy each other, where there's no conflict in our relationship, where everything is just like birds are chirping, you know, me and Ryan are walking down the street and a little bluebird lands on his shoulder and then a squirrel comes on my shoulder and then we're just like, hey, you know, everything's so great. That's the easy time. That's Facebook friendship. But the moment where Ryan offends me 
And I kind of view friendship as like, this should only be always easy, I kick out. But when the Bible says something like, faithful are the wounds of a friend, how do I digest that as a Christian? If, I, if my biblical worldview of what friendship is is off, then I immediately pass him away. I immediately unfollow him, so to speak. But the Bible doesn't give us that option when it comes to friendship. So, some of the elements of a friend that pierces us is that we speak truth in love. And I can't tell you how many times I've heard how this has saved people. This has saved me. Uh, my, one of my best friends, his name is Brian Barr. He lives in Houston. He would do this thing with me kind of often. Sometimes I'd be like, hey. But he would say, hey, uh, can, we have a, can we have a self-awareness self moment? And I'd be like, what? And he goes, hey, man, let's have a conversation. And he would draw me aside, and he goes, hey, I don't know if you realize this, but when you, when you speak this way sometimes to people, it makes them feel, like, ostracized. And I'd be like, man, I, I didn't know that. And he's like, yeah, I just, man, I, I see this, and, and I love you, and for your future, I think it'd be helpful if you, like, ask God to help you with that. Now, your first reaction is like, I didn't ask you to tell me anything. <laughs> Self-awareness moment, you know, I don't care. <laughs> but Brian loves me enough to tell me something that, I, you know, I don't know if you can see, but I have like this gray spot in the back of my head. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> I have a lot of gray spots. But the first time I noticed this, I was at the barber, and you know how they give you the mirror? And I remember turning around and go, did I put my head in the back of paint or something? Like, it's just like this white spot. Why? Because I can't see it. And you and I, we have blind spots. There's things that we're not aware of. We walk around and we think we can say whatever we want to say. We can act however we want to act. And it's not really, you know, our fault. It's the fact that we just can't see them. And what the Bible says here, faithful are the wounds of a friend, what a true friend does is they, they cross that line of awkwardness. It's awkward to have a real moment with a friend. It's awkward to tell somebody, hey, this is not that great when you do this. Some of us love this part, like, yes, truth and love. I just love speaking the truth. And we love the confrontation. But the Bible says we have to do this in love. But we have to be able to cross this line of awkwardness. It'd be like you're sitting across the table and you're eating a meal with somebody and they got a big chunk of lettuce in their tooth. And you're just like, I don't know them that well, so I'll let them go throughout the rest of the day with a big chunk of lettuce in their tooth. That's not friendship. A friend says, bro, you got a big old pimple on your face. Go to the bathroom and take care of that. <laughs> but it's not just the physical... You know, I've heard people say things like, you know, me and my, 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 my husband, we're just not, we're not doing well, and, you know, he, he just makes me feel bad all the time, and I actually found this other relationship, and, you know, God just wants me to be happy, and so I think what I'm going to do is just kind of pursue this relationship, and then a true friend comes in and goes, no, what are you doing? A true friend doesn't go, well, you know, that's kind of awkward to tell them, like, this is, this is sinful. A true friend crosses that line of awkwardness. Do you have somebody like that in your life? 
Do you have somebody who's speaking truth and love to you? You know you do if, you, you, if often you feel offended by this person. Because a true friend will cross that line of offense. A companion never will. A companion will only just kind of tell you things that are nice and easy to say. Are you being that friend to people in your life? And it's not so we're like the morality police. That's not what we're talking about here. But it's that we love each other enough to cross the line of awkwardness because we see our friends walking off a cliff and we say, hey man, that's the wrong direction. That's death over there. Life is over here. I mean, literally, if you saw somebody about to, a blind person about to walk off a cliff, what would you do? You wouldn't be like, well, it's a little awkward to tell them what to do, not to do. You'd be like, stop! Stop it, you're about to die! Because it's life and death. Why don't we do that with our friends? It's the same stuff. You know, just a funny little illustration. I love this movie called The Incredibles. I don't know if you guys have ever seen this movie, but it is one of my favorite movies. And if you don't know the movie, Go out today and buy it, okay? But it's a Pixar Disney movie, and it's about this family, and they have superpowers. And it just shows the reality of a family. Like, it doesn't make them, like, perfect. It shows all, like, the parents arguing with the kids, and the kids disobeying, and, you know, there's a struggle in the marriage. And it gets to this one point in the movie where the husband, they're supposed to be retired, right? And so the husband is still, he's he's moonlighting, and so he... (laughs) He finds, he finds this opportunity to still be able to use his powers. And his wife thinks that he's, che- uh, he's cheating on her relationally. And so she goes and visits this old friend who would make their suits for her. Her name's Edna Mole. I don't know if you guys are tracking with if you've ever seen this movie. So now the wife is, she's, she's in tears, and the, the lady Edna Mole is just like, she's not very compassionate, right? And she's just like, oh my gosh, listening to it. And the wife's like, I don't know what I'm going to do. I don't know. Like, I didn't see cheating on me. And she stands up. She, this lady Edna Mole has had enough. She picks up a newspaper and starts, psh, psh, you are Elastigirl. <laughs> Get a hold of yourself. And she reminds her of who she is. She says, you are the superhero. And then what she tells the wife is, remind him of who he is too. I love this. I almost cry every time I watch this part in the movie because it's true friendship. We don't do this with the, sometimes we just listen and we placate to each other and we just go, oh, well, you know, I'm too afraid to say anything. Sometimes a friend just needs to get a newspaper and roll it up and go, you are a child of God. What are you doing? Remind yourself of who you are. (laughs) Uh, The reason why we don't pursue true friendship is because I think it's costly. It's hard to be a true friend. It's easy just to like go the easy route. It's hard to invite somebody in your life and say, will you please speak into the things that you see? It's hard to hear that from somebody. When, when you see me disciplining my kids in, in, in a not helpful way, when you see me talking to my wife that is dishonoring, when you see me looking at something I shouldn't look at, when you see me spending my money on something that you, don't, that you, you see that it's not helpful, 
will you please speak into my life? It's hard to have that conversation because no, none of us want that. None of us want to be, we all want to be autonomous. We all think we've got it figured out. And it's hard to cross that line. Here's what Proverbs 18.1 says. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. He breaks out against all sound judgment. Whoever isolates himself seeks his own desire. And I think we do that. We isolate ourselves because we don't want the truth spoken to us in love. Here's the problem with isolation. It's like a National Geographic show where the British guy gets up there and talks about the, the lion the, or the cheetah. That's Australian. Oh, like, <laughs> the pride of the cheetah stalks its pride, right? The lonely gazelle has no idea that the cheetah's about to eat him. And what does the cheetah do? It always goes after that one impala that kind of just wanders off. <laughs> hey guys! And they're like, he's a dead guy, right? <laughs> Who does the leopard get? The one isolated little deer that thinks it doesn't need anybody. I don't care what you guys are telling me to do. It's such a strategy of the enemy. And then when we isolate ourselves, the enemy comes and he speaks lies to you and he says, you know what? You don't fit in. Look at all these people. Look at the, their ages are different or their life stages are different or they like all these different things than you do or all, whatever. You don't really fit in. It's okay. Just isolate yourself. Or, you know what? You, you'll, never, you'll never measure up to like all the... And so we, what we do is we listen to the enemy's lies and he just weighs in late for us to get isolated. And he picks us off. And then we find ourselves, I have no friends. I'm in trouble. How come nobody loves me? Last thing that a true friend does, number four, a true friend pushes. Proverbs 27, verse 17 we all know this scripture. It says, iron sharpens iron, and one man sharpens another. You guys ever watch that show, CSI? And there's moments in the show where what they do is uh, these crime scene investigators, they're able to, uh, maybe it's not them, it's the show. Okay, let's just be honest. The show is makes it more, way better than it probably is. But there are moments in the show, what they'll do is like, they'll see, like, they'll, they'll reverse and they'll show you how the, the crime happened in slow motion. And like somebody will be eating a cookie and it's like so much, and then you see the crumbs fall, these little microscopic crumbs, and they hit the floor and then they go, like you hear the sound go, and then the guy's like magnifying it with a magnifying glass. You guys know what I'm talking about? Okay, you guys kind of look at me like, what are you talking? So then that's the evidence, right? Well, this thing of iron sharpening iron, if you were to like magnify it and, in, and do like the CSI kind of moment where they like, you know, all you see really in the kitchen is the chef going like this and you don't really think anything of it. But if the CSI camera were to like zoom in and then that's the word, that's the sound it makes, comes in and then if you were to slow down the iron, the sharpening the iron, what you would see is these little tiny flecks of metal flying off the knife blade. 
And if you were to examine that knife blade, you would see under a microscope that it's all like jaggedy bent all over the place, dull. You don't really see those things with the human eye, but when you magnify it, you see. And then what happens is this other piece of iron comes and it scrapes off those blunt edges. And when the Bible says that iron sharpens iron, that's what true friendship does. It's like me and Ryan, we're, we're standing in, and there might be all these jagged rough edges and like I speak wrong to people and I treat my wife badly and I, I lie and cheat and I do all these bad things. Ryan, the other piece of iron comes up next to me and he goes, stop that. <laughs> hey man, you speak wrong. You, you, you're thinking wrongly. And then as he does that, he sharpens me. And all those little dull areas and my blind spots that I'm not aware of, all of a sudden the iron comes against me and it rubs them off. And as we continue to walk in friendship, I continue to become more like Jesus. Because what true friendship is, true friendship is an agent of sanctification. Sanctification is this big word for us becoming more like Jesus. And if we don't have true friends... Who, don't always, who persist and pierce us and pursue us and they're always there for us. We're just wanting these kind of Facebook friends. We're not becoming more like Jesus because we think we're just walking along the road okay. But what a true friend does is it gets those CSI moments and it sees all the dullness in our heart and in our thinking and in our actions. And it comes and it rubs against us. And yes, sometimes it's like, Ow! Why did you say that? I didn't like that. It hurt my feelings. I thought friendship was supposed to always feel nice with little bluebirds and squirrels on my shoulders. That's not true friendship. True friendship pushes us, sharpens us, makes us more like Jesus. Now here's the thing. There's no such thing as a perfect human friend. It doesn't exist. You can never be the perfect friend. And you will never find the perfect human friend. But that's not bad news. The good news is that we actually have a perfect friend. His name is Jesus. You see, where every time where your friend lets you down, every time where you let your friend down, there's somebody that gave us a perfect example, and we see it in Christ. Now, here's the, here's the thing. Think about the kind of friend that you are to Jesus and the kind of friend that Jesus is to you. Could you imagine every time that your friend came to you only ever talked about things that they need or how terrible their life is or how they want this? When we do that with Jesus... I'm I just so grateful that when I come to Christ and I go, Jesus, I, I messed up again, or Jesus, I need this, or Jesus, I'm not sure. I mean, imagine that. Imagine somebody, every time they come to you, he's like, I need this, or I'm not sure. You'd just be like, ugh, this person is driving me crazy. But Jesus doesn't do that with us. He says, okay, I hear, I'm listening. I hear what's going on. I love you. I'm here for you. And that empowers us to be a friend when people do that to us. Because if we're just saying we're just the Facebook friends, you misunderstand our, your faith. 
See, our faith is built and based on the fact that we have a friend who's perfect. And when we mess up and we come to him, he doesn't reject us and go, unfollow. He says, let me hear it. Let me help. I'm a friend at all times. I'm a friend who sticks closer than a brother. This is what empowers us to be a friend to others. Will you guys stand with me?